0: Children Are a Blessing from the Lord by Thomas Manton, 1620-1677 to 1677. To lay a proper foundation for biblical parenting, we must first understand how to best view our children in light of the teaching of the Word of God. And This is needful, since our society teaches us to see children as either our greatest source of happiness to be doted upon endlessly or an inconvenient annoyance to be endured until we can return to the pursuit of our own self-centered desires. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Psalm 127, verse 3. This psalm bears the title, A Song of Degrees for Solomon. In the margin, it is of Solomon, or concerning Solomon that is spoken in the spirit of prophecy concerning him. Indeed, the passages are in their intrinsic meaning applicable to him. He was a builder of the temple and an enlarger of the state and dominion of the Jews. There is a plain allusion, that's A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N, to his name, Jedediah, and Solomon, in the latter end of the second verse. For so he giveth his beloved sleep, for Jedediah, she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and called his name Jedediah, because of the Lord. 2 Samuel 12, verses 24 through 25. In other words, beloved of the Lord, and for his other name, Solomon. Behold, a son shall be born to thee, and he shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies round about. For his name shall be Solomon, that is, peaceable. And I will give peace and quietness in his days. He shall build an house for my name. And I will be his father. And he shall be my son. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. First Chronicles 22 verses 9 through 10. Well, now, it is in vain for you, Absalom and Adonijah, to set your wits on the rack, to torture yourselves with your own ambition. God will give Jedediah the kingdom, and he shall be Solomon and have rest and peace. We read in the history, Absalom rose early in the morning and stood in the gate to salute everyone that passed by, Second Samuel 15, verse 2. Adonijah made a great bustle, but God's will concerning Jedediah shall stand. He was to be the builder. He was to be the son by whom the succession of the regal line was to be continued. Upon this, David comforted himself and acknowledged God's mercy. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. In the words Children are represented as a blessing, in which are two things. First, the author from whom children come, from the Lord. Number two, the quality in which we receive this blessing, set forth by a double notion, first as a heritage, and second as a reward. The word heritage is often, by Hebraism, put for a man's portion, be it good or bad. It is used in a bad sense. This is the portion of the wicked man from God, and the heritage appointed unto him by God. Job 20, verse 29. In the good sense, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Reward is put for any gift that comes by promise, or with respect to obedience, because in a promise... There is a contract implied. If we will do so and so, God will do so and so for us. Doctrine. It is a blessing that we have from God, and so it should be accounted that we have children born of our loins. It is not only a bare gift, so it is to the wicked, but a blessing, one of the temporal mercies of the covenant. Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. Psalm 128, verse 1. One of the blessings is, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thy house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Verse 3. This is a part of our portion and heritage. The saints have so acknowledged it. Who are these with thee? And he said, The children which the Lord hath graciously given thy servant. Genesis 33, verse 5. Jacob speaks like a father, and like a godly father. Not only given, but graciously given. As a father, he acknowledged it a gift, as a godly father coming from mere grace. This may be gathered as well from the story of Job. Observe when his blessings are reckoned up. First, his numerous issue is mentioned before his great estate, Job chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. The chief part of a man's wealth and prosperity are his children, the choicest of outward blessings. Children are first mentioned, but observe again, the loss of children is mentioned as the greatest affliction. Those are verses 18 and 19. To put the topstone upon his trial. The last affliction is the saddest, and so gives the dead stroke. Number one. There is much of God's providence exercised in and about children. Letter A. In giving strength to conceive. It is not everyone's mercy. Sarah obtained it by faith. Through faith, Sarah received strength To conceive seed. Hebrews 11, verse 11. Though bringing forth children be according to the course of nature, yet God has a great hand in it. Many godly parents have been denied the benefit of children and need other promises to make up that lack. Thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name, better than of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Isaiah 56 verses 4 through 5. Letter B. In framing the child in the womb, it is not the parents, but God. The parents cannot tell whether it be male or female. Beautiful or deformed. They know not the number of the veins and arteries, bones and muscles. For Thou hast possessed my reins, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise Thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are Thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from Thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. There is a great deal of workmanship in the body of man. It is a curious piece of embroidery. Angels sang at man's creation, when the morning stars sang together, And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Job 38, verse 7. And they admire at his resurrection. What is God about to do? Letter C. In giving strength to bring forth. The heathens had a goddess which presided over this work. His providence reaches even to the beasts. It is by the Lord that hinds do calve. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve. Psalm 29, verse 9. And there is a promise to them that fear him. She shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity, and holiness with sobriety. 1 Timothy 2, verse 15. It must be understood, as all temporal promises are, with the exception of his will. But thus much we gather, that it is a blessing which falls under the care of his providence, and that by promise, so far as God sees fit to make it good. Rachel died in this case. Every godly woman hath not this deliverance. So did Phineas's wife, 1 Samuel 4, verse 20. God might have taken this advantage against you to have cut you off. If deliverance were not so ordinary, it would be accounted miraculous. The sorrows and pains of travail are a monument of God's displeasure. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children. Genesis chapter 3 verse 16. Women's pains are more grievous than the females of any kind to preserve a weak vessel in great danger, and for the child, a sentence of death, waylaid it as it was coming into the world. Letter D. The Circumstances of Deliverance In every birth there are some new circumstances to awaken our stupid thoughts to consider the work of God. For God does all his works with some variety, lest we should be cloyed, with the commonness of them number two they are a great blessing in themselves and the more of them the greater blessing and therefore should they be acknowledged and improved as blessings certainly there is a more special favor showed us in our relations than in our possessions House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, but a good wife is from the Lord proverbs 19 verse 14. And also for children. By them the parent is continued and multiplied. They are a part of himself, and in them he lives when he is dead and gone. It is a shadow of eternity, nodosa eternitas. Therefore, the outward appurtenances of life are not so valuable as the children. Besides, they are capable of the image of God. By them the world is replenished the church multiplied, a people continued to know, love, and serve God when we are dead and gone. We read of Christ's rejoicing in the habitable parts of the earth, and his delights were with the sons of men. Proverbs 8 verse 31. In the habitable parts of the world there are great whales, but men were Christ's delight, especially to God's confederates or parents in covenant with God, are children a greater mercy. David was such a one. There are sons and daughters born to him. Ezekiel 16 verse 20. These are visibly the children of God, and in a most proper sense, a heritage from the Lord. It is said, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them, wives of all, which they choose. Genesis 6, verses 1 through 2. Seth begat sons and daughters to God. Unto Shem also, the father of the children of Eber, and the brother of Japheth the elder. Even to him were born children. Genesis 10, verse 21. The Persians, Lydians, Assyrians, Syrians those who were possessed of the empire of the world and all the rich spices and treasures of the east. He had not his denomination from them, but from the children of Eber, a people a long time kept under before they could grow into a nation. But they were the people of God who retained his true worship. Theirs were the promises, the adoption and the glory For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children are unholy. But now, are they holy? 1 Corinthians 7, verse 14. The reasons are unatiribus, from some things plainer than the things they are to prove the scope of it is to hold forth some privilege to believers not common to others who are infidels. For it is for the believer's sake that the other is sanctified. If it were a common privilege, the unbelieving husband had been as much sanctified in himself as in his wife. Well, then it is some special privilege not common to the marriage of an unbelieving couple. Again, Whatever this privilege is, it is something of importance, for therefore it is mentioned negatively and positively, which the Holy Ghost uses not to do, but in weighty cases. Negatively, they are not as other children, unclean, but positively, they are holy. Again, mark the gradation. The unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unholy, but now are they holy. To be sanctified is more than to be lawful, and to be holy is more than to be sanctified. All things, as meats, drink, marriage, estate, are lawful to an infidel, but not sanctified. For they are sanctified by the word and prayer, And many things are sanctified which are not holy, as gold, silver, goat's hair. When they were dedicated to God, they were changed in use, not in nature. The unbelieving husband, to whom all things are impure, he is sanctified, that is, set apart to serve God's providence to this holy end and use. That the believing wife may bring forth children to God, as a nobleman marrying a beggar conveys nobility to the children. Now, having laid this foundation, let us see what is the meaning of not being unclean, but holy. The unclean under the law were those that might not come into the sanctuary or into the temple. Holiness qualified for worship and made capable of ordinances. What God hath cleansed, call not thou common or unclean, Acts 10, verse 15, said God to Peter, speaking of the Gentiles as capable of gospel privileges. And so we have found out the sense. The children are holy, though sinners by nature, yet dedicated to God, and by virtue of the parents' covenant, accepted into the visible church. This agrees with the exact rules of friendship, to be a friend to us and our families, as David was to uh, um, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth for Jonathan's sake. Fear not, for I will show thee kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake. Second Samuel 9, verse 7. Also Romans 11, verse 28. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sake for so many thousand years. This is a friendship, like God, whose kindness is expressed in a way becoming himself. Well, then, every child is capable of dedication to God in the solemn way of an ordinance. It was a grief to Gehazi to have the leprosy cleave to him and his posterity. It is a comfort to you that your children are holy. Another leper was born of him, Another child is born to God of you. More especially when the covenant breaks out, then children are a blessing indeed, a heritage from the Lord. Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, Genesis nine twenty five through 26. Ham is cursed in the person of Canaan, whose progeny was excluded from the grace of the ordinances. Instead of blessing Shem as he had cursed Ham, Noah blessed and praised God. Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. God is his God. That is happiness enough, which is to be ascribed to his grace. But to return, God has implanted an affection in parents to their children. He has a son himself, and he knows how he loves him, and he loves him for his holiness. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Hebrews 1 verse 9. So many times in a condescension to good parents, he bestows this privilege, that they shall have godly children. Look! Look! as to a minister, those whom he converts to God. They are his glory and his joy, and his crown of rejoicing at the day of the Lord. First Thessalonians 2 verses 19 through 20. So, as to those whom we have been a means to bring into the world. If they are in the covenant of grace, it is a greater blessing than to see them monarchs of the world. Number three. It is a gift and a blessing dispensed as a reward and heritage with respect to the obedience or disobedience of their parents. God would, by all ways and means, engage us to godliness. Now, because our temporal happiness or misery much depends upon our relations and children, he would make this one motive to invite us to walk in his ways. This is one way or means to let in happiness or trouble upon us. Sometimes he promises children and flourishing children as a reward of piety and threatens no children or unhappy children as a punishment of disobedience. Of the wicked it is said, his children are far from safety. They are crushed in the gate and there is none to deliver them. Job 5 verse 4. It is promised to the godly, thou shalt know also that thy seed shall be great and thine offspring shall be as the grass of the earth. Job 5 verse 25. So the second commandment, I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Exodus chapter 20 verses 5 through 6. And many other places. Though not all the godly, and only they, have the gift of prosperity and a successful posterity, yet God is pleased in express terms to adopt this blessing into the covenant. Wicked parents are ordinarily great snares and plagues to their children, and the godly prove great blessings. Because this is an argument often pressed in scripture, I shall a little state it. How far wicked parents may procure a judgment, and godly parents a blessing to their children. Letter A. Wicked parents may procure judgment to their children. Punishments are either temporal or eternal. For eternal punishments... No man is punished with eternal punishment for another's sins, properly and directly. There we stand upon our own personal account. Occasionally, a child may be punished eternally for his father's sin, as being deprived of the means of grace by the parent's revolt from the true religion. As for external means, the parents, who are a kind of trustee, may put away the means of grace from their families. When God comes to tender grace to them, he tenders it to them in the name of their whole house. This day is salvation come to this house, forasmuch also as he is the son of Abraham. Luke 19, verse 9. As a believer, he had an interest in Abraham's promises. I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in their generations, an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and thy seed after thee Genesis 17 verse 7 also Acts 16 verse 31 Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved thou and thy house that is put in a way of salvation if a family rejects the strictness of profession and gives up themselves to cursing, swearing uncleanness gaming, hatred of reformation, and of a lively ministry, the children born in the family may be justly left to be wicked by these examples and prejudiced against the ways of God. For temporal punishments, these may be supposed to come both on those that continue in their wicked parents' paths and courses, or on those who do break them off by repentance. Number one, If they continue in them, then both parents and children are considered as one body and society. I will recompense, even recompense into their bosom, your iniquities and the iniquities of your fathers together. Isaiah 65 verses 6 through 7. There is a cup still filling, and when we add more water, then it runs over as by a figure added to a number already set, the value is increased to a much greater sum than the single figure would bear if it stood alone. So the personal sins of the child are made much more heinous by the foregoing offenses of the parents, or as a fire that is already kindled when it meets with more combustible matter. The flame is the more increased, so by the addition of the children's sins to their ancestors, the judgment is made more exemplary and remarkable. Nay, it may be the judgment may begin with the children when the parents in this world do escape and go unpunished. The parents kindle the fire and the children come and cast in more fuel and then no wonder if the burning is much greater. Number two, If they are godly, the judgments may continue, though they are sanctified to their holy posterity. Thus, God's quarrel for the sins of Manasseh continued in the days of good Josiah. The Lord turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah, Because of all the provocations wherewith Manasseh had provoked him. Second Kings twenty three verse twenty six. Thus, godly children may bear in their bodies the fruits of their parents' uncleanness and intemperance, and their estates which they had from their parents may moulder away in their hands. And this may teach parents that as they love their children, to beware of leaving such sad debts upon the heads of their posterity. Their children shall smart for the fruits of their sin. We often see that the godly children of wicked parents are ruined for the sins of their families, both in their persons and estates. If you ask, for what sins? Well, perversion of God's worship, as in the second commandment. Persecution of God's children. So Ahab's posterity was rooted out. I will bring the evil in his son's days. First Kings 21 verse 29. Ill getting an estate. Ho reditatis transuent com honore. The inheritance passes with its burden. There is a curse that goes along with it. Parents sell their own souls to make their children great, and God will show the fallacy of it by blasting that greatness. His children shall seek to please the poor, and his hands shall restore their goods. Job chapter 20, verse 10. Letter B. Godly parents are often blessed in their posterity. Number one. Good men convey many a temporal blessing to their relations, as God blessed Ishmael for Abraham's sake. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude, Genesis 16, verse 10. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed, Genesis 21, verse 13. They have the blessing of Ishmael, if not the blessing of Isaac. Number two, they are without scruple, children of the covenant, invisible relation to God, and in better case than the seed of infidels, not merely as the offspring of your bodies, nor as deriving grace from you by generation, but because you have dedicated yourselves and all that you have to God. They are capable of ordinances. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump also is holy." And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Romans 11, verse 16. Number three. If they die before they come to the use of reason, you have no cause to doubt of their salvation. God is their God. I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, Genesis 17, verse 7, compared with Galatians 3, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And they never lived to disinherit themselves, as we judge of the slip according to the stock, till it lives to bring forth fruit of its own, and so here. Number four, if they live to years of discretion, they have greater advantages of being godly than others. Partly as your dedication doth oblige you to greater care in their education. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6 verse 4. Partly as God tenders them more means with respect unto the covenant, ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up His Son Jesus, sent Him to bless you. Acts three verses twenty-five through twenty-six. You are children of the covenant, therefore unto you first, and so forth. Partly as the grace of the covenant runs most kindly in the channel of the covenant. How much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Romans 11 verse 24. Number five. If they take to their parents' covenant and fear, and love God, their blessings are increased. David urges this, Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant, and the son of thine handmaid. Psalm 116, verse 16. When they are serious, they have a greater holdfast upon God. Remember the mercies of David thy servant. 2 Chronicles 6, verse 42. Well, then, out of all, you see, it is such a blessing as it is dispensed in the way of a reward, yet it is such a blessing as may be turned to a curse. It is a door whereby God may let in blessing or cursing upon us, and though they are a happiness, yet not our main happiness but dispensed sometimes as rewards and sometimes as punishments. Use number one, to reprove those who are not thankful for children, but do grudge and look upon it as a burden when God blesses them with a numerous issue. These murmur at that which is in itself a mercy. When we lack them, we value them. When we are full of children, we are full of distrust and murmuring. It was counted an honor to be a father in Israel. Surely those that fear God should not count a happiness to be a burden. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children, like olive plants, round about thy table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth The Lord, Psalm 128, verses 3-4. God makes his people families like a flock, Psalm 107, verse 41. Use number two. Reproof to those who do not acknowledge and improve this mercy. Letter A. Those who do not acknowledge this mercy. Surely parents should acknowledge God in every child given to them. Much of his providence is seen in giving and withholding children. We have songs of thanksgiving very frequently in Scripture upon this occasion. It is a thing wherein God will have his bounty taken notice of by solemn praises, and for every child God should have a new honor from you. What has been done to the Lord for this? Therefore, do not look upon the birth of a child as a natural thing. See God in it. When Rachel fell out with Jacob about her barrenness, Am I, said he, in God's stead, who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? Genesis 30, verse 2. Specially confederate parents should acknowledge this mercy. It is a mercy that when a sinner is taken into favor... God will accept of our actions which are the fruit of our souls that the evil that is in all these should not outweigh the little goodness which is in them nay that they should not only be accepted but rewarded but further that he should make a covenant with the fruit of our body if you consider your natural sinfulness it is a wonderful or it is wonderful that your children should be holy And God's portion. Grace, like a mighty river, will be pent within no banks, but overflow all that a man hath. God loves not to take a single person, but grace comes to our houses. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved, thou and thy house. Act 16, verse 31. Does the faith of the master of the family save the family? Occasionally it does, as it gives a title to the means of grace. Therefore, this should be acknowledged with all thankfulness. Thou hast spoken also concerning thy servant's house for a great while to come. Second Samuel 7 verse 19 Letter B those that do not improve the mercy nor endeavor to make children blessings indeed by a holy education. Oh, it will be a great happiness to be parents to such as shall be heirs of glory. As children ought to be looked upon as a great mercy, so also is a great trust, which, as it is managed, may occasion much joy or much grief. If parents dote upon them they make them idols, not servants of the Lord. If they neglect education, they will surely prove crosses and curses to them, or if they taint them by their example. Young ones are very apt to follow the example of those they see or converse with, or are related to them. Those 42 children that were devoured of two she-bears and cried bald pate to the prophet of the Lord were children of Bethel, which was a nest of idolatry, Second Kings 2, verses 23-24. Therefore, parents must see what example they provide or allow to be given to their children in condemning the servants of the Lord, or in any other kind of sin. Letter C. Reproof to children born of godly parents, and, notwithstanding dedication and education, break out into unseemly and wicked courses. For children born in a godly family to be not is the greatest degeneration that can be ungodly children of godly parents. These wrest themselves out of the arms of mercy and instead of a blessing, become a burden and a curse. They cast off their father's God. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Proverbs 27 verse 10. But what shall be said of them that forsake their father's God? They break off and interrupt the course of the blessing. Be astonished, ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed them out cisterns. Broken cisterns that will hold no water. Jeremiah 2 verses 12 through 13. He would have the sun to look pale, the spheres to cast out their stars. Wilt thou be a traitor to thy father's God? Solomon continued alliance with Hiram because he had been a friend to David. And wilt thou break off the grace of the covenant? Cain excommunicated himself. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Genesis 4, verse 16. Ishmael, for scoffing malignity against the power of godliness, was cast out of Abraham's family. Genesis 21, verse 9. Esau, for sensual profaneness, despising spiritual privileges, for sensual satisfactions, Hebrews 12, verse 16. The Jews were cast off, t apistia, for unbelief or positive rejection of the gospel, Romans 11, verse 20. Christ made them the first offer. Use number three. To exhort parents to bring up their children for God, for if they are a heritage from the Lord, they must be a heritage to the Lord. Give them up to him again, as you had them from him at first, for whatever is from him must be improved for him. Dedicate them to God and educate them for God and he will take possession of them in due time. Hannah, though her son were a Levite born, and her eldest son, yet she solemnly dedicated him to God. I prayed for this child, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth. He shall be lent to the Lord." 1 Samuel 1, verses 27 through 28. Parents, give God his portion. Now, if the dedication is sound, it will engage you to a serious education. God deals with us as Pharaoh's daughter did with Moses' mother. Take this child away and nurse it for me, Exodus 2, verse 9. Okay, now we come to the motives. Motives. Number one, the express charge of God, who has made it your duty. Fathers, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6, verse 4. These words shalt thou teach diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22 verse 6 Now we should make conscience of these commands as we will answer it to God another day. Number two, the examples of the saints who have been careful to discharge this trust. God presumed it of Abraham. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Genesis eighteen verse nineteen. Observe, God reckons upon it, and disappointment is the worst vexation, and it is a means to obtain the promise and the blessing, and that a pauperis, that is from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures. Second Timothy three verse fifteen. How? by his grandmother Lois and mother Eunice, as is expressed elsewhere. Surely they are unworthy to have children that do not take care that Christ may have an interest in them. Number three the importance of this duty. Next to the preaching of the word, the education of children is one of the greatest duties in the world. For the service of Christ and of the church and state depends upon it. Families are the seminaries of church and commonwealth. Religion dwelt first in families, and as they grew into numerous societies, they grew into churches. As religion was first hatched there, so there the devil seeks to crush it. The families of the patriarchs were all the churches God had in the world. And therefore, when Cain went out of Adam's family, he is said to go out from the presence of the Lord. Genesis 4 verse 16. If the devil can subvert families, other societies and communities will not long flourish. Towns and nations are made up of Families. A fault in the first concoction is not easily mended in the second. Here is the first making or marring. And Solomon tells us that even a child is known by his doings. Proverbs 20, verse 11. Number four, to countermine or countermand Satan who has always envied the succession of churches and the growth and progress of Christ's kingdom, and therefore seeks to crush it in the egg by seeking to pervert persons while they are young and, like wax, capable of any form and impression. As Pharaoh would destroy the Israelites by killing their young ones, So Satan, who has a great spite at the kingdom of Christ, knows there is no such compendious way to subvert and overcome it as by perverting the youth and supplanting the family duties. He knows that this is a blow at the root. Therefore, what care should parents take to season their children with holy principles, that they may overcome the wicked one by the word of God that abides in them. I have written unto you young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one." 1 John 2 verse 14 and cleanse their hearts by a regard to scripture direction. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalm 119 verse 9 They are defiled already, not as vessels taken out of the potter's shop, but as vessels tainted and polluted. Number five to make good your dedication of them to God in baptism. It is a mockery to dedicate them to God and then to breed them up for the devil, the world, and the flesh. God complains, Thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, which thou hast borne to me, and these thou hast sacrificed unto them to be devoured, Ezekiel 16, verse 20. It is as disingenuous to offer them to God, but train them up for the world or the flesh. If they prove openly sensual, we are troubled. But if they secretly please the flesh, we mind it not, but rather are secretly helpful to them in it. If worldly, when we applaud them, Thus do we betray those souls which we should be a means to save. Number six. If they prove not, the affliction will be double if you have not used the means to prevent it. If by your carnal fondness you have borne with their sin and given them their wills or indulge it by the evil example of your careless walking or out of sloth have neglected unwearied endeavors to instruct them in godliness. But when you have done your part, you can the better submit to the will of God.